You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Song of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 289 of the Centralized Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today we are joined by executive video producer, audio engineer, Zach Bircham, and our forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. What are we going to do today, Dakota? Today's episode is the return of Mr. Chris May, and he's going to be talking to us about some career changes in his own life. But then more broadly, we are going to be talking about millennials and how they view their careers. There's been a uh, a lot of talk in the media about millennials, and especially here recently because of now they're what, getting old and grumpy. <laughs> what, yeah, what economists are calling the Great Resignation? Uh, why so many millennials are taking gig jobs and uh, career hopping? So I think it'll be a really good discussion. Uh, we're saving the Great Resignation till the end of the show, so make sure you stick around and listen to the whole thing. The show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes it'll provoke you, other times it'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Just did about 20 minutes in Patreon, which is the uh, extra special bonus edition. It's what keeps this show afloat and keeps us going, pays the bills month to month. Uh, if you, uh, if you join that, you, uh, you get the show notes dropped into a chat each and every, uh, each and every week telling you what we've got planned. Um, Dakota, what did we do in Patreon today? Today's Patreon episode was a very special episode. It was basically just me telling stories. It was Dakota telling stories about how he's really an aged. He is, even though he's one of the world's youngest millennials, he's also one of the world's oldest boomers. He is he is ready to transition. Yep. So, <laughs> all there is to it. All right. We got to say thank you to the folks that donate at least $50 or more every month to keep the show going. Uh, Christy Avery, the, uh, the fantastic Christy Avery of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, John Phillips of Andy Moore Buick GMC and John Phillips for city council here in Newcastle and uh, the spectacular Anthony Meyer, who keeps uh, keeps stuff in the stores he's cross country. Do you have a tracker on Anthony? Do you know where he's at today? <laughs> no. do, you, do you check in? That would be an interesting thing to do if he would let us just to it, just to tra- take, <laughs> take, just a, get, take a break from his memes. Yeah. And send and, us this like, and just let us ping him every day like, and see where, where he's is at. he at, and what can he tell us that he's holding? It, it'd be like when you adopt a turtle and they you, you track it where it's running around the the ocean. Just see yeah. Anthony. Oh, look, he's in Ironton, Ohio today. Great. We'll check back next Anth- week. Anthony will will be our own Flat Stanley. <laughs> Spectacular. All right. Uh, with us today, this our guest Chris May is a uh, longtime. Uh, Newcastle uh, legend at this point, uh, but <laughs> well, <laughs> but but become because uh, he's become somewhat mythical such an, no, such here lately. No, 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 he's disappeared on us. Uh, he's been the hardest guest. To, I've been working to, to book no. since I gave up on the state senator. Uh, <laughs> you've been the most difficult guest to pin down because I'm like, 
hey, you want to come talk about this? You had a post that I thought was spectacular. I'm like, that is that is exactly what I want to talk about on the show. And he's like, yes, but maybe. I think I can do it. But I, there was something going on in the background, and he couldn't tell us why and what was going on yet. But I, I, I empathized, and I understood. But he was he was taking a job. Uh, so you run the premise of the show because it yeah, was, right. it was okay, here – Chris has got a spectacular job at the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's going to he's going to he he essentially said I'm going to do my own thing for a little while. He shared a Facebook post that explained his retirement. Uh and I said that's spectacular. I want to have him come on. And then in the 2 weeks between when he says he'll come on, he runs it and he takes a job in Rush County as the uh, the grand poobah of of all of the uh, the foundation. So the, the, the uh, Rush, Rush County, County Foundation. Rush County Foundation. Yes. That's a ten thousand foot overview. But I, I did check back. I said, "Hey, does this ruin <laughs> your <laughs> no, podcast?" I mean, no. it doesn't ruin your podcast. It might ruin whether or not I'm pertinent to have on. But no, I think there we are. I think the concept it, it actually completes the circle because it gives us the, it gives people the ending at the end, and they know that no, he's not this completely crazy person. He had <laughs> he had a plan, and it turned out just fine. Some it, some it, people. Still it, think when it comes though. to ruining a plot line, that title still goes to Hunter Tuck. Because Hunter was this guy we had on, and one of the fun things with Hunter was is he he was working working for Mister Ebert, making great money, and driving this absolute beater car, and then he shows up to the show in a Mercedes that he bought that morning. he bought that day. <laughs> <laughs> like he'd been driving around in this like no air conditioning, like a five hundred dollar car, and we're like we're going to talk about this five hundred dollar car, and then he rolls up in a white on white Mercedes Benz, <laughs> and we're like you just killed this Hunter, so good try but hunter still got for killing a plot line so so the ten thousand foot view chris is that i you shared this post that said it's okay for millennials to take a retirement period is that is and, yeah. and you said that pretty well sums up your decision making process in your professional career here lately yeah so i i i um I called it my halftime because I'm a sports guy, right? So I said, you know, I didn't, I didn't view it per se as a retirement, but a break, a breather, um, a me- you know, metaphorically speaking. But, um, yeah, so the, the post was, uh, I shared it. It was from, uh, an account becoming minimalist. Um, you know, it's a, a mindset that I've more and more uh, fallen into and, and appreciate. Um, but yeah, it was basically every so often. It's good to just say, hey, I'm done with this chapter professionally, especially. I need time for my family. I need time for just catching up with life. Uh, I think we all can get sucked into the job and, and whether or not we let it define us and how much time we put into it, how much attention we give it, and therefore how much attention you are diverting away from those other priorities. And um, so, yeah, I just felt like – and I felt like I was a good, at a good spot with the Hall of Fame. We had accomplished some pretty pretty nice stuff. Uh, it was also a nice transition time with things that were going on with the organization. And um, I just knew I wasn't going to retire, uh, whether that was at age 55 to move with Dakota to a retirement home or at age 70. But I just knew I wasn't going to last that long at the Hall of Fame and it was time for me to make a change. And I just want to take a few months just to kind of enjoy life. Uh, the other thing that factored in with me personally and I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I guess I'll say here, this is what I did and what worked for me. I don't, I'm not like a self-help guru saying, do this, don't do that. This is what will solve all your problems and make your life perfect. I'm, right. I'm not here to do any of that, but no, it's, it's just one person experience, but yeah. I, you know, I, and I'm for my customers and my coworkers and my employer that may be watching, I'm incredibly happy in my career uh, and appreciative to have it. And I like doing it, but I've been at the same job since I was 15 years old. <laughs> 
in different roles where it's like you look at that and you go, man, that's spectacular. And I know there are some companies and some groups that give sabbaticals. I know if you work for Intel, as an example, I think every seven years you get a, a six month period of time off where they just want you to go recharge and do what you want to do and hike Europe for a little while. Um, and I think there's a lot of folks in the audience that, you know, that are, that are in tech jobs as well. Uh, and there's this unique opportunity. One of the ways this happens, sometimes it's the employees, you know, the employee says, Hey, I'm done. Or you're in a big tech opportunity and they say, Hey, you're done. And, and we're going to give you a, a, a very generous severance and you go do whatever the hell you want to do for six months. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot of ways that this happens, but I think it's something that as we're all reaching this, this point in our careers, that it's, it's an okay thing to do. It's not, you know, millennials get this responsibility or this, this tag of, Hey, you're a bunch of job quitters, but at the same time, not all of us, but it's, it's okay to, to search around and, and continue to develop. The other thing that really uh, factored more and more, uh, you know, the voice inside my head was I saw, does something have to be funny to be a meme? I, so I'm going to say I saw this meme, but it's not really funny. It's more of a thought. But I saw this a and cartoon. It's, it's been it's been posted on social media by a bunch of different people in a different bunch of different formats. But it was basically, uh, you know, why work for 40 straight years and hope you get 10 or 15 good ones left at the end. Right. And that really, for whatever reasons, I you know you can psychoanalyze me, but I was like, yeah, that's something right there. Why don't I take? At, at first, I thought it was a month, maybe two. It ended up being seven in my case, but uh, I'm going to take a few months just to, you know, to metaphorically smell the roses here. And yeah, I'll find another gig and I'll be happy and I'll make money. But for a little bit, let me just kind of decompress. Yeah. And that really resonated with me. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that I, because I've been in my career so long, they give me a lot of vacation and I take every second of it for that same reason is it's, I, I try to preach about balance, Right. Yes, you go hard at work, but you also need to go spend time doing doing different things. And and I, for me, and I, I know for Zach and, and Dakota, I guess to you as well, Dakota, traveling is a big part of what you do as well, right? You 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 fly away to Florida, Zach. You you uh, you have your North Carolina pilgrimage every summer. Yeah, I took five weeks off last year. At some point or another, I even realized I was like, oh, I got cut back a little bit. I took an unexpected week off. So yeah, I try, I, I take time off and I'm it really where I work. I'm one of the rare people that takes off a week at a time. Like I disappear. I'm like, I'll see you in 12 days or whatever. And I disappear. So I need the break. And then sometimes you come back and you're like, I still need a break. <laughs> Dakota, you got any thoughts? You uh, got jealousy. I know you're, I know you're in the first 10 years of your professional career, but you know, uh, I, I, I kind of, i it's interesting. I came from working construction. I did that for uh, a few years. And in that line of work, there was a no paid time off. If you, if you wanted to take a vacation, you wanted to be off for a week, then you weren't going to get paid for the week. And that I came from that world into getting uh, two weeks of vacation, which I was like, this is amazing. And you know, now that it's been six it's like, man, I need, I feel like I could use some more vacation. And, you know, they, companies will do this interesting thing where they sweeten the pot for areas that they want people to look into moving. And like, it, it always seems like those days off are part of an incentive package. And they, like, if they want you to move here, they want someone in this position, then they're going to uh, automatically bump up. At, oh, we're going to add another week of vacation. 
and just see if we can get somebody from one work group to apply here. And it's, but it's interesting because in my chosen line of work, you know that I know that my, uh, my work life balance is going to be a little bit more tilted than what it is for a person that, you know, they work their 40 hours a week and that's it and they're done. Right. So it's, it's almost kind of like you get the job and you accept it. If I just went to a job that was 40 hours a week and that was it and I was done, then all, then all of a sudden I would have a lot more free time, you know, already. So it, I, I don't know. I, I think that my, my perspective might be a little bit different on it. Um, because it, it's, it's like, I feel like if I'd had seven weeks off of, or seven months off of work, I just wouldn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I would end up driving myself insane. I've thought about that. I had this conversation with uh, a friend of mine who just had a baby. My my job is now offering six weeks of paternity leave for the man. And whenever I had, whenever my son was born, I got one week off. And it was like, okay, one week wasn't enough. One week was definitely not enough. I needed some more time off. I, I could not focus on my work with a wife that was one week out of giving birth and a one week old at home. Couldn't do it. But six weeks also seems like a lot of time. And I was telling my friend, I'm like, I feel like at three weeks, my wife is going to be like, just find something to do. Like, <laughs> stop <laughs> bothering me. Do you have to take it continuously? Yeah. Yeah. No, Cause I knew the state. It's six. Consi- you can wait. You can say like, I'm going to take two weeks of vacation and then take my six weeks. You can't yeah. take that six weeks around your kid's 18th birthday or something, right? <laughs> right. Like, you can't defer it. It has to be within the year, yeah. within that, for that first I, year. I think use it or lose it. And I might be wrong, and I'm I'm not in the the stage of life to find out at any point. But I know the state finally did start offering that to state employees. But I think you you could you didn't have to use it consecutively, and you didn't you just had to use it within the first year. And I was like, man, I would just two weeks at the start out or whatever, two weeks, and I use the rest to like save vacation time and just so I would roll out of the year with more vacation. We can accrue vacation time perpetually. I could not, if I could didn't take any vacation days for a year, I would then roll out of that year with three, with a month and a half vacation and just to that bank vacation for when it might be more helpful to have it. Yeah. Cause my, I'm with you. My wife would be like, go away after like two or three weeks in the house. So, it's nice that they're doing that at all. I, I got a week off with my kids, but it's because I saved up a week of sick time and burned a week of sick time for both my kids. So, mm. yeah, that is one thing that I think is um, that I like when jobs have that is being able to accrue your uh, your time off because I think that works well. I know there's there are times there are years that go by where you're like I don't really have anything plan except my usual stuff. And then you get towards the end of the year and you're like, oh, I got a week. I got to use it or lose it. And it would be nice to just be like, eh, just going to have an extra week next year. Because then there's those years where you get to like October and you're like, I have no more days off. <laughs> <laughs> I have that weird calendar where it's based upon when you were hired, your hire date. So mine is May, May spectacular, Zach. It's May to May. Yep. So my my vacation start time starts at the uh, at the opening weekend of the Indy Five Hundred. The Grand Prix is usually about the time that I get to start. That's I a, brilliant for you. I get a lump sum in September. 
And so I figured out that this year I took off a week at Thanksgiving. I took off a week at fall break, which was right before. And I looked at my time. I was like, oh, I'm like, I roll into my vacation in July scraping. I was actually like going to have to kind of finagle time to have enough time to do that vacation with everything else I had planned. Because because like just my regular stuff, my regular stuff is a lot. Like I do, I take a week off in July. Um, I usually do a spring or a fall break trip, which is usually a week. And then, yeah, the month of May, I burn off another week, but like two or three days at a time. I don't work an entire week, almost the entire month of May. So, so yeah, I have a spreadsheet for managing all that stuff. <laughs> as, as do I. Chris, I don't know what the nonprofit world is like, but some of us, some of us are very good at taking yeah. every, every bit of time that we have, I suppose. Um, you, uh, I've seen the meme that you're talking about. Uh, the exact is one. it a meme? Uh, can I call it? I would, that? I would call right? it a meme. Okay, I think a, a meme is technically supposed to be like a a uh, icon, a cultural icon spread rapidly on the internet. I looked at young fellows like you to so, explain the modern technology. I've seen that too, and I know people that are a great example of that who worked their butts off, got themselves in a tremendous situation for retirement, and did not get a retirement. They didn't live long enough yeah. to really enjoy yeah, themselves. Yeah, I've seen that too. And I've seen it happen a couple of times. Um, and so, yeah, that's a very real thing. Like people should, nobody should take, like I, you see people sometimes that work and work and work and work and they're always talking about what's going to happen eventually. And it's like, don't ever count on eventually. That might never mm-hmm. happen. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, so I, I've, I've seen that meme, like I said, and I, I think that it's a, uh, it's interesting because if you look at some of the older gener older generation, um, they're just workhorses. Man. Yeah, yeah. So they're constantly going. Uh, I I I experienced this really interesting phenomenon. Um, so at the Hall of Fame, uh, many of our board members were retirees, uh, mostly male, uh, mostly former teachers and basketball you got coaches. Soft hands <laughs> never worked a day in your life. They, they, they were, they were nicer than that, but, uh, there was a very generational reaction. Uh, so, you know, I, w- we, we worked it out that, um, I was stepping away. Uh, I resigned, um, and people said, well, what's, what's your next job? What's, well, so well, you've got to, you've got to have the next thing lined up. This is a foreign concept, right? Yeah, you, this you, is like, I, I heard, possibly. I heard all kinds of accusations or whispers or rumors or what's really going on here. And it's like, nah, just like, I'm going to take a little time for me and I'm happy with this. It doesn't but, commute, compute. No, he's uh, going to Cooperstown. And he's, they've hired him at the, at the baseball <laughs> hall of fame and he can't talk out loud. Right I didn't now. hear like, anything that cool. Any rumors like that, but, it probably, um, it probably like turned into an insult for some, like they think that there has to be something. I guess some people, leave, maybe, you know, yeah, you have to know just, my personality too, is that I just really don't care. Right. Like, yeah. like I used to try to be a people pleaser and keep everybody. And it was, I've just gotten to a point where it's like, I, I'm doing me. And if you don't understand or you don't like tough, tough for you, but here I am living my life. But, um, so what happened was, um, you know, I, I guess I'm just going to make up some numbers here, but the older folks, let's call them Dakota's demographic really. But the, the older folks were like, well, what's your next job? When do you start? What do you mean you don't have another job? How are you going to pay your bills? Don't you have a mortgage? And it was like, hey, I, I kind of have some things figured I, out and taken I, care of. I am a grown ass <laughs> adult. Okay. Yeah. So, so like for instance, I had an 88 year old man who lived across the street from me, uh, passed away this summer uh, during all this. But so he said, yeah. So what's your next job? When, when's, when's, what are you going to do? Well, how are you, how are you going to pay your bills? And I was like, don't worry, buddy. We're, we're good over here. Right. I, I you know, I'm not going to get evicted. We're, we're fine. Um, and then people more of our generation, especially 
those who were married and had kids, which I'm not, I have neither. And that factors into how I was able to do this and afford it and what my monthly expenditures are. But, but uh, especially married uh, parents of our age were like, Oh my God, I wish I could do that. That sounds so awesome. <laughs> so there was very much a generational perception that I heard and the, the, the people interacting with me. Um, yeah. The, the, the old man's like, what, what, you're not going to have a job. You lazy SOB. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> Who's going to write my social security That actually, I, I know that that was really what they were thinking, but nobody directly said it in those words to me. Yes, exactly. Who's paying into social security for me? If all the millennials start taking off like seven months sabbatical, social security just crumbles in months. Yeah. Problems are even worse. I, as a, as a married guy with two kids, I completely agree with those people who are like, Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Cause you're just, you're a stage of your life where even for me to like for the summer to take my kids, pack them up and go somewhere for like the summer is like with is a fantasy to even be able to do that. So even with the kids, not just like I'm going to abandon my kids, but just like to go, there's so much freedom in the like kids are attached to schools for two adults that are married to not be attached to a job that one of them's grounded where they're at. Yeah. That's yeah. I could see it being like, wow, that'd just be amazing. I don't need seven months off. I just need to go to a, a, I just need to go to a 32 hour work week versus a 40. Uh, Again, like I'm not here to preach like this works for everybody. And what I I thought, I mean, and people, I was a broken record. People asked me like, well, how long are you going to take off or what are you thinking here? I said, I, I, I've, pledged myself i'm gonna take a month and not do anything and and god is my witness the first week i just slept right my body was just like just, just, just let's relax. sleep in till nine and by 10 30 let's be asleep on the couch taking a nap um <laughs> but <laughs> but i chris isn't giving anybody a line I, I think i reached out to him three times throughout the seven months first one was uh, i was excited for him what's next right i asked him the same question and he's like i have nothing it's okay and then the second one i said hey chris i'm not sure if you're looking or not but my friends in Rush County just published a job that looks exactly like what you need to do. Don't know if you're looking, but here you go. And then he just sends a laughing emoji back at me. Just tells me to F off, basically. No, laughing, no, no. Laughing, you you, laughing, mis- you misinterpreted. You, you totally misinterpreted, but we'll get into that. right? And then the third one was me when after he did this quiet quitting thing or the, the retire early was that the article was called. Uh, but just summing it up and explaining this premise and, and the reason why we're doing the show. But yeah, I, I looked at it and I was just, I laughed so hard because I'm like, this is perfect for Chris. And then he just sends me this crying emoji back. So I'm like, well, obviously he's not ready yet. You just want a fi- finder's fee, right? <laughs> yeah, like 10%. Yeah. 10%. <laughs> whenever, no, whenever. I want the people of Rush County to have good, uh, good community foundation because that's where my, my niece and my, uh, my, fe- my nephew that'll be, that'll hatch in, uh, in May will be living. So. Cool. Got a lot of folks in Posey County, Posey Township. There's good stuff going on down there. But what I was going to say is, you know, I told myself, like, I'm going to take a month and I'm not going to do anything. Uh, it was going to be, you know, it was in the summer. So I, I, I turned in my resignation in March, but I said, I, I'm staying as long as it's needed until you find my successor. I'm not like, hey, two weeks and I'm out or screw you guys. I'm done today. So I ended up staying three more months. I, I left June 15th was eventually my final day. But I had told myself, all right, I'm going to take at least one month. So I'm in the summertime. I'm going to cut my grass. I grow a little garden. I'm going to walk my dog. And probably after four weeks, I'm probably going to be bored out of my mind. But if I'm not bored out of my mind, I'm, I'll go a second month. And then that's absolutely going to be the end. Like after two months, I'm going to go do something else. Retired life is pretty freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you can swing it, uh, yeah, you know, and then it was like, Oh wow, that's been four. Oh, now it's six months. Oh, okay, now and then and then this 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 opportunity. At what point do you start 
looking at everybody's houses going, they haven't cut their grass since last <laughs> Thursday. I, I probably did become old manish and, and acquire some of that. Yeah. But uh, they haven't put their trash cans out. Do you think I should go help them? Maybe I should go get the trash cans for them. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Neighbor, neighbors look out the blinds like, what's up with that Chris guy? He's so happy. Yeah. He's just walking his dog no, mowing, I, mowing his yard I, again. That's yeah, the third time like, this wait, week. Yeah. No, no. I know that some of that talk was going around. I'm certain of that. But, uh, but it was, like I said, retired life. If that's a sample of retired life, it was pretty darn good. And, uh, but I knew like, because I love to garden and be outside and all the warm weather stuff, I knew like come fall or winter, I was like, all right, I am going to get bored. I'm a big reader. So I, I read a ton of books, uh, still a ton more I wanted to get to. Uh, I, I like, I felt like there were some classic like movies. I'm not a huge movie guy. So I was like, all right, there's some movies that I should just have seen just to be a, a you know, Blue blooded American person, what red the, red blooded American person. What, what, what was the? Uh, this is very Red County, yeah. Blue City, Red County. <laughs> what? Uh, it's always Rush County. Not turn what, purple. What? What? Uh, what kind of? What kind of movies? So, if I get into movies, I really love um, like mafia and gangster stuff. Mm. So, I watched The Irishman, which yep. I, I hadn't, you hadn't seen. seen that yet on Netflix. Yep, yep, which it's like three hours and plus. Uh, and then uh, at the same time, I watched Once Upon a Time in America, which is like four hours, the full version. Uh, glad I saw that once. Not going to watch it again. <laughs> I good. saw Taxi Driver. Yep. Um, in the 70s. Yeah. I saw. I watched the original Manchurian Candidate with Sinatra. Um, and yeah. Some, some classic <laughs> like, stuff. Yeah, I haven't watched yes. that one. Just I've, things that I was like, okay, I'm not going to watch that again. And it wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen, but I can say I've seen it. You've, like, you've ticked the box off for the classics. And how did the garden turn out? This is this is the important retirement stuff because this once again you and Dakota are kindred spirits on this. <laughs> um, that, I, I'm trying not to brag, but it was amazing. But, but that's how part, many, that's partially how many because jars of salsa. <laughs> well, I didn't do salsa, uh, but I had I ended up with ten tomato plants, and they went gangbusters. Cucumbers are what I really love, and and uh, I put plenty of attention. But I was. I was there every day with time to water them and time to kill. Like, what am I going to do next? Oh yeah, I'll go water the garden. So like, you know, that helps produce uh, <laughs> all the fruits and vegetables. So yeah, the garden went great. And, and again, that I, I was walking across the street to my neighbor and down the street. Hey, you guys need any tomatoes? You need any cucumbers? And so yeah, they're like, why is this guy? This guy's 39, <laughs> 40 years old. What's he doing? What? But, but. Hey, I was happy. I was fun. That's probably yeah. so happy. That's the that's the real mystery. Like, what is he growing in his basement? Has, like, what's he, he smoking? Has cucumber money. <laughs> I mean, that was the most that was the most offensive part. Was your he's so happy? Look at him. He looks he looks fulfilled. No, I I do think. And this, how many jars this, of pickles can a man make? <laughs> let me let me tell you about a delicacy, and you will all all three of you here will laugh at me. But if you go try it, you you will not laugh at me. Um. Cucumber, slice a cucumber. Yep. Slather peanut butter on it. If you ha- if you eat celery with peanut butter, you will never have celery with peanut butter again. Cucumber with peanut butter is infinitely better. More flavor. It's it's it, again. People laugh at me. I don't care. It's great. It's amazing. I just no. I just slice and let's go. I'm I'm not finicky. Okay, added roughage. Thin. What's that? Added, added roughage. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, like just, a cracker, basically. You're just going yes, like half yeah. half inch thick, yep. like it's cracker. Yep. Yep. But again, like you know bumps on a log or peanut butter and, and celery was always a staple growing up. Like that doesn't hold anything to cucumbers and a peanut butter. And and now here I am the weird guy who took seven months <laughs> off talking about this. <laughs> That's so, exactly. It brought you fulfillment, right? 
I guess so. I, I knew about uh, yeah, I knew about the cucumber peanut butter thing before, but yeah, yeah. You didn't just find yourself on dark parts of the internet around nope. month four, going, "What can I do with all these nope. cucumbers?" Nope, nope, nope. But so here's some interesting numbers that I came across whenever I was looking up things for this episode. patreoncom slash liberty, By the way, you can go and if you sign up at any level, you get show notes ahead of time, and that has the links and everything that uh, we pull the information from, and. Some numbers I got, 60% of millennials say at any time that they are actively looking for a career change. Um, 29% of millennials say that they feel engaged at work. That means that 71% feel like they don't feel engaged at work or that their work is not worthwhile or making an impact. Um, One little question I had underneath that one is, what do you guys think would be engaging work? I've always had this mindset where it's like, when things suck, it's like, okay. Like I, I said it before, Les Stroud, survivor man, is one of my personal heroes. He says that there's two types of fun. The first type is roller coaster fun where you're doing something and it's fun in the moment. And then there, the second type of fun is something that really, really sucks, but it makes for a really good fun story later. And no one ever remembers the first type of fun when they're sitting around a campfire drinking beer. So that's what I always think. Like something really bad is crappy in my life that I'm having to do. It's, I always think of that where it's like, this is going to make a good story later. I'm going to be like, this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. And so what, what type of work wouldn't be, I feel very engaged in my career. Uh, So I'll say that. Well, you have a very important job without you. The lights would not be on in here. I've, I've always felt I've, Every job that I've had, even just mowing yards, was engaging for me. And so I don't think that I've had a job that's not, that I haven't felt has been worthwhile of my day. So I'm fishing for ideas. Like, why, why is it that seven out of 10 people feel like they're just wasting their, their day? I mean, it, it, in this market particularly, the old school factory assembly line stuff is mind numbing, right? right. And if you don't find a way to psychologically connect that to, hey, I'm doing some good for other people. I'm doing something that, that gives me some fulfillment of some sort. That, I mean, I would, I know I personally would struggle with that. If I would, you know, working for Amazon and putting stuff in boxes, I would do it if I needed to to make the mortgage payment, but I would not want to do that more than the shortest period of time I possibly could. I, I think too, it's just, how you're wired. Like, you know, I mean, the two people, the same job could come at it with totally different perspectives. Um, I mean, I could even give examples of the hall of fame. Like there were things were that were just, you know, the coolest and you could never replicate anywhere else. And that was part of what I told myself as I was contemplating my situation is like, this is the only job in the world like this, this position. You know, I talk to like, I have a lot of friends who are basketball coaches. I say, you know, if you were in my boat, like you'd, you'd resign at school A, and then you're going to go over and coach at school B, whether it's next season or two years away. But yeah. like, I got to get everything I can out of this job because once I'm gone, like it never comes back around. Yeah. Um, but there were other parts of the job, even though it's really unique and really cool. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Am I just glorifying these basketball players' egos, like telling them how great they were and how many points they scored? I mean, you can go at it with a lot of different perspectives. Like, I could talk about all the school groups, the kids that came into the museum and some of the, you know, celebrity people. I think even with a factory job, there's going to be pluses and minuses. It's all how you approach it. And yep. whether you have a positive mind frame is 
yeah. shade as that sounds. So my day job, I sell const- rebar, right? Fabricated rebar to build bridges in, in like a three or four state area. And yeah, it could be incredibly mundane. You could look at it and say, I'm selling this commodity type product, whatever, same thing. Just stamp it in, stamp it out, sell it, make move on with your life. Hit your number, move on. But then if you say, hey, no, actually, you know, we've got, we're building the North Split in downtown Indianapolis right now, right? We did the new I-65 bridge over the Ohio River in downtown Louisville. I did the Jeremiah Morrow Bridge in Ohio, uh, <laughs> named after 1880s governor of Ohio, Jeremiah Morrow with a W. And I, I would call up to the contractor and they'd be like, this is Jeremiah Morrow. And they'd like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, no, swear to God, man, it really is. Uh, it was, that was, nobody believed that one. Uh, Morrow County, where Mid Ohio is, is named after that guy. Do you need to? You need to get a picture. Is, is, is there going to be a sign next? Was there a sign next to the bridge with the name of the bridge? Do so you can have a picture with it? It is there. That is probably the total tangent, but it's probably the scariest job site I was ever on because the existing bridge was still there, and it is the tallest bridge in the state of Ohio. It's just north of Kings Island on I seventy one, and I walked from the old bridge across the little pathway essentially just this plank in the air plywood and shitty railings across to the new bridge 350 feet above the yeah, abyss no. <laughs> wow <laughs> and so and I'm, I'm obviously not tiny right but i also can't be like i'm not doing it these guys do it every day you can't be the guy that shows up and refuses to go walking out like, you know you can't like you're hanging out with those skyscraper guys from like the pictures back when they're yeah. like the empire oh, state building yeah. those been, guys and you're like those are those are different people I, i'm out there with the iron workers on a bridge and there's traffic 6 feet away from you and you just have to you know you have to just suck it up and do it cuz they do it every day you're not better than them they have a lot more experience with it but yeah, that was, I mean, on the Ohio River, I climbed the stair tower from the shore banks all the way up to the top of the bridge and up. The scary part's not climbing the tower. That's not great. But it's that last little ladder at the top and then swinging yourself up and over onto it. That's that's no. that's the sketchy part. Getting off and on the top of ladders is a nightmare to me. Yeah. 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 So anyway, but that's, yeah, you, I mean, you can find value in any right. in anything you're doing if you look at it, right? But it also depends upon how you're, how you're wired to do it. And I think a lot of it also comes down to how your how things are going in your personal life. Yeah. If your personal life is going really well, things are great, then you're going to be coming into your work environment in a much more positive attitude. If uh, you can afford your groceries, you're probably going to be much more positive at work. Uh, if you can afford to take your family on a vacation, you probably look at your workplace a lot better. If you have a nice, reliable form of transportation, if it, if it's, if your job is providing you all of these comforts that we've come to expect, just as you know, even lower middle class Americans, then you're probably going to look at your job in a more positive light. But as I, I feel very strongly that as we've come. As, as the time has moved forward from those factory jobs that you were talking about, from the days of Chrysler and of GM and Anderson, as time has gone on from those days, it seems like the, the job hasn't changed that much for the factory workers, but the pay has largely stayed the same. If, and if not, if it's gone up, but it hasn't gone up significantly. The benefits, there's no pensions anymore. Uh, your health insurance is probably crap, just like everyone else's is. 
all of a sudden, the factory job that your dad had that uh, made it able to where he had a home and two cars and a wife that stayed home with the three kids. All of a sudden, now you're budgeting your money very tightly. You've got a piece of crap Honda that's sitting outside that barely gets you back and forth to your factory job every day. And by the way, your wife also has to work, but you're also trying to figure out how the hell am I going to pay for childcare because it's so expensive? Is it worth it to have my wife at work because she's only making $13 an hour and 90% of her paycheck is going to the childcare? There's a lot, there's a lot of factors. Um, You know, I think that I don't think that we've done a great job of uh, protecting middle class incomes over the past 50 years or so. That's that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Well, there's 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 a lot of different approaches to a career, right? Like there are there are folks that say, hey, I'm going to chase a career and you're going to make multiple moves around the country trying to find the next next ladder up. Yeah. And then. There are also folks that say, I'm going to live in a certain town and you have to pick your spots and be very selective about how you're going to make moves or and, and be presented with the right opportunities. And, and, you know, sometimes it's finding a strike stroke of luck to find opportunity to opportunity to move to, um, you know, in my in my case, I've been able to stay at the same place. But we went through a couple of corporate transactions that, you know, right. made us work for Things I went from shaky. working for a very small, small independent place to working for one of the biggest you know, biggest companies in the, in the market. Um, but because I didn't make those changes over time, I had to pay my dues and it took a very long time to have those wages scale up. Um, so it's, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it and you could, I know for a fact, my career would be very different if I had taken multiple opportunities to move and, you know, you go live in two or three or four different states. Uh, And I think that that's kind of what we've seen is the workforce adapting more as, you know, people are, are moving to different areas. I know personally of a, of a couple of people that were in high school at the same time as me that, that live in Silicon Valley that are taking tech jobs. And it's, so I think that our generation has had to figure out, okay, we were, it, they, Gallup calls it career hopping, yeah. but it's, it's more of, um, making, uh, making not parallel moves, not lateral moves at different companies, but slowly working your way up as companies can compete for your labor and experience and without a pension and without pensions and things like that, those benefit packages, there's really nothing that's tying a person to a company. There's, you're not tied to a specific job anymore because there's nothing holding you back. You can move wherever you want. You take you take that retirement, your 401k with you wherever you go. And I think that, uh, I think it's just a product of, of, uh, our generation just trying to figure out how do we can, how we can live that life that we've aspired to have the American dream. Well, since the pandemic working remotely is now just, I mean, whatever right. possibilities existed pre 2020, we're working remotely now. Um, you know, now, now there are folks even who are working multiple full-time remote jobs, working in quotations here. I mean, they're just gaming yeah. the system. They're skating by with two or three different employers and collecting all those paychecks and, and trying to do that. So it's, it opens up. Man, a whole I got to have world. Three, three jobs to make ends meet. And here Chris is saying, ah, you're skating. No, 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 no. I, I saw, so I saw a Reddit post. Um, it was a guy in a, in a tech group 
and he had seven different laptops yeah. and he was yeah. working IT jobs for seven different large corporations. And it's the mouse jiggler thing because they can track how much you're actually, you know, how much yeah, he activity had a, he had a full, on. he like showed yeah. his desk. It was like a, a U shaped desk and he just had these different laptops open. He's like, he's like, these idiots are all paying yeah. me six figure salaries. And it was like, can you imagine the amount of stress you have trying to keep a con going for seven know, different I, jobs? I, I read one of the stories though about a guy who had a job like that and he, he had just one specific thing he was supposed to do. And the people above him didn't understand that you could like, you could write a program for that. So he wrote a program for that. And so he only had to do like six minutes of work a day and his program just did the rest of it. Right. And they eventually found out, but it was like, um, like eight months in that they figured out that he wasn't actually doing anything. He had, but then he said, I'm fine. And he took the program with him when, he, when they fired him. <laughs> say, is, it's, it's his program. Is that misleading or is that no. being a genius? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, there's, I think it's, and you never know about the, the actual legitimacy of quotes anymore. Cause you know, you see all the fun stuff, but there's one that, like Bill Gates said, I'm going to hire the lazy guy every time. Cause the lazy guy is going to find the easiest way to get whatever I want done done. Right. As opposed to somebody who's going to be like, Oh, look, I'm overachiever. I made this as convoluted as possible to get done. You want the person who's efficient. The lazy and, guy will always find the fastest and most efficient yeah. way possible to I, complete the task. I think some of it too with the transition with COVID is that you still see it. You see employers who are just not on board with the fact that the world has changed in the last couple of years and they don't value the current employees they have. And so people will go ask for a raise and they'll get laughed at and say, fine. And they'll go get another job and they get the raise when they get the job. And right. I love my favorite thing is when you see somebody says, nobody wants to work. And I'm like, and I'm like, nobody ever finishes that sentence for me. When they say that, what they really mean is nobody wants to work for them. And whatever they're doing, whatever they're offering isn't good enough. And so people move on. And so I think a lot of people during COVID went and found like they were, they might have had a crappy job and then that crappy job got shut down for whatever it was for a month or whatever. They found a better job. And then I know some people who have hopped from job to job and I would love to like ask them like, okay, how did you do this? Cause they went from, little not-for-profit in Henry County with a nice little house in Henry County to like a monster house somewhere else in the state. And they bounced around and you look and you're like, none of these seem like they would be that big of a leap. But I think that every time they made a jump, it was a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better because they were getting people to compete for them. Right. So, and I think that that, that leads us into the great resignation conversation, because I do think that the, the silver lining of the pandemic was putting a lot more power back into the worker's hands. And it's a, it's a lesson that the greatest generation had after world war two with worker shortages. And it's, that is, that's the reason that uh, unions became so big in this country is all of a sudden the workers had a lot more authority and a lot more autonomy over themselves and their time. And, I think that we've we've circled almost completely back to a place like that where every single corporation is begging for people. Every company is begging for qualified people. Except for the tech sector. They're struggling right now. Yeah. Well, my job in particular, um, there were like 84 applicants whenever I applied for my job six, six years ago, six and a half years ago. And you, you beat 83 people out? Uh, well... Applied. Okay. There's some testing. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. There's there's some testing that has to happen, and then you get moved on. And I think that after all that, I would I beat out eleven people. So pretty good. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
I think that the last round there were three that applied. That applied. Yeah. So I mean, there's big. There's been big changes happen in the workforce. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, workers uh, marketplace right now. Uh, that was another reason. I mean, people were like, "Hey, aren't you worried?" I was like, "Not right now." It, it, it might not be a glamorous job, but I could go get a job in a heartbeat. And as long as I show up and maybe pass a direct test, maybe I'll get paid. Right? I mean, like, right. <laughs> there's that. So yeah, we're in that that marketplace. Yeah, and I I do think there's another conversation about. I, I think this is generational. I think millennials realize that, particularly in your office or corporate type work. You don't have to be chained to a desk 45 hours a week, 50 hours a week to prove that you're working. There are peaks and valleys, and there are times where you've got to put extra effort in. You've got to work over, over and you've got to burn the midnight oil. And there's times where you just are sitting there pretending for two or three hours a day, trying to make yourself look busy. And I th- and you get a culture of that where everybody just looks like they have just enough. That nobody gives them extra work. you know. And, but, and we don't want to get rid of anybody. But you don't, you're not really trying to innovate either. And I think we get stagnated in that a lot. And how many times have you sat through a meeting that's an unnecessary meeting? Like sometimes we create, whether it's to justify our position or just to fill the hours, like let's just have a meeting and what do we do? What was the purpose? But yeah, well, we were there for that two hours. We can justify we were in the office. Speaking as a person, I don't know how much I should say here, Um, but I'll say this. Speaking as a person, I'll be brave that works in the field and looks in towards office jobs. I get, sometimes I get thrown into meetings. Oh, we want your input on this. And I think, what are, what is all of this? Well, what's, what's the point here? I don't understand. Why couldn't have this been an email? Are they, (laughs) are they speaking a foreign language to you, Dakota? No, it's just the, all the, <laughs> that the jibber jabber, the corporate. That is a meme, by the way. Why on. couldn't this have been an email? <laughs> yeah, this whole, this whole team's call could have just yeah, been, right. Hey, what's your opinion here? A lot of and, suits justifying their existence. And I'll sit back and like, so trying to think for a minute. There are, go ahead, name names. Things, cool. Yeah. Go, go. <laughs> there's, there's things that happen where it's a, it's a worker's economy decoded. Now's the time to be brave. Yeah. There's things that happen where I will I'll miss those types of meetings because I was doing something else. I was busy, couldn't make it on. So then the next morning I always go back and I I want to know what happened, what transpired. Uh, sometimes there's like little gold nuggets that come out, you know? It's like it's literally panning for gold in a bunch of junk in a stream. And then occasionally you find one. So I'll go through and Teams has this feature where they do a transcript of all the meetings and uh, they have the name of the person who said things. So I go through and I just read the whole transcript and it's like just constant scrolling people asking questions, nobody getting answers to the questions. Then a five minute discussion on who do we ask this question to? I don't know why people quit, honestly. (laughs) And and you go, you're going like, I'm, I'm, you're just scrolling going, what what's going on here? You know, I and then all of a sudden, there's there's always a couple of players. Every time it's and it's always the same people. They're the MVPs that know exactly what to do, who to call, and but if those people aren't involved, then all of a sudden, it, it's a mess. It goes all to hell. So it's like, I it it seems like this whole this whole structure of of uh, of any job really because I, I mean thinking back to even construction 
like working construction sites, it seemed like everything was going smoothly because of a couple of of very involved individuals. And I can tell you right now, those people always felt like their job was very worthwhile. Like I never saw them. They never seemed unhappy. They're like always type A people that were like, I could imagine Jeremiah and his job. He's one of these people. He's this type A person pays attention all the time, very engaged and interested. And when someone has a question, you're going to ask and all of a sudden, Oh wait, Jeremiah's not here. Uh, we're screwed. Um, and then all of a sudden everyone scrambles like ants. And I think that's in, I think that's in literally every, every job. I will say that in my day job, I absolutely hate the zoom and teams meetings. I would rather drive 150 miles to yeah, you definitely somebody seem in like person, person to go have that conversation than the BS fake thing. Are most of you guys in Kokomo? Teams. I could have just driven I, to Kokomo I'll today. Just, I've got, I would, I would move <laughs> heaven and earth just to go see people instead of, yeah, yeah. On, on no, on, for whatever, I would more than happy to do it. There are. I just have to see Doctor Young for the chiropractic adjustments a lot because I, the riding the car kills me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think you just described like the seventy-one percent of unengaged employees. Yeah. Right, I think they I did. Through, I th- they sit yeah. through that B- BS. You know, I was like, why am I here? What 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 good is this? Gigantic waste of my yeah. time. Yeah. And then they figured out I could do this at home during the pandemic right. and get my laundry done and still sit through your stupid yep. meeting. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Why? Perfect example. And I've, we've talked about this many times. Sarah went from a downtown Indianapolis job, my, my lovely bride. Uh, and she parked in a parking garage, walked four blocks, no matter what the weather was through crappy downtown Indianapolis weather, went up to a 13th floor building, did her day, got out at five o'clock, walked back across, got to the car at five twenty, and is home by six thirty. All of that time is back now. Mm-hmm. She gets up, mm-hmm. she gets up at seven fifteen. Does her thing in the morning. She's working by eight o'clock, and she's done at five fifteen. Sure, out the door, good yeah. to go. And she's putting more hours in now than what she was before. Oh, and by the way, uh, one and thing I pay for fuel. One thing I didn't that I didn't include in my little rant there is I think that it's the meeting structure itself. It's the whole idea of having the meeting versus like. Asking a question and then giving, and then people having time to think about it or look up a question or be like, mm, it's just, it's this constant, like there's 30 people here and everyone like, Hey, Dakota, do you know? And you're like, yeah, 30 people is a lot of people to have in a meeting. And then you might have people that don't want to offer up a thing. Cause that's a lot of people to potentially judge your answer as right. opposed to maybe having like, small groups meet, come up with some ideas out of small groups and then have those feed out of something. But yeah, 30 people, like there aren't a lot of, we have once in a while, we'll have our whole agency, 200 people get in a room together. There are like five people that are comfortable talking in that situation. Right. And I'm one of them once in a while. I'm that pain in the butt that I'll, I'll ask some questions wherever, but a lot of people aren't going to talk because they don't want to be like labeled or just people. Yeah. So there's always that it's like, it's same kids that don't want to talk in class in school. There's some kids who just aren't going to share an opinion and they might have a killer idea, but if you put them in the wrong scenario, they're not going to tell anybody. It's strength and weaknesses of every individual. Cause I'm sure that a lot of those people that are on the meetings, not doing a good job contributing, they feel like it's such a waste of time. Their job is valuable and it's important in the aspects. Otherwise someone probably wouldn't have thought of making it a job at some point and they do that job. Well, it's just that I, th- I think that this whole, the meeting, 
the corporate environment is not good for a lot of folks when it comes to, you know, coming up with the best and brightest. Yeah. And I, I'm not like all Tony Robbins and all this type stuff, but like everything we're talking about, it gets down to, do you have good leadership? Do you have strong leadership? Do you have idiot leadership? <laughs> right. right. I mean, should this have been a meeting? Should this have been 30 people? Uh, could we have done some things, you know, uh, you know, collaboratively in smaller groups that we then bring to a bigger table? Like if you got good leadership, people calling the shots and, and making smart decisions, right? Like that, what, that can make yeah. the engagement piece for the 71% of people that, just, that can make them feel better right there. What types of questions are we asking too? What am I asking of my employees? What like, sure. is it actually related to their job? Is it someone else that I've overlooked? Am I asking Jeremiah because Jeremiah is the only one of the only five people that ever talks in the meetings? And it's not Jeremiah's job to know the question, but because Jeremiah always speaks up, I'm going to ask him. And now all of a sudden, Jeremiah is the go-to guy for these things, but it's not Jeremiah's job. And all of a sudden, Jeremiah feels very burnt out. Did you know that you Stephen Vitterto has been calling me a type A person all week in a group chat? No, I did. Uh, I did no, that's why, you're that's such why a type A person. That's why though. I'm laughing at the, uh, at the entire, at, at that, at that premise. You're definitely a Taipei person, but yeah. Sure. And so and there were some other inf- interesting facts that I found out about um, the great resignation as they called it. Um, a lot of people said work-life balance. Um, a lot of people said pay and advancement opportunities in other companies is why they were leaving their jobs. But then 48% of the people who quit during this great resignation period, which they say it's still ongoing, by the way, even though jobs have grown, uh, whatever. Um, 48% of the people who quit in 2021 said that they quit because childcare was too expensive. And that's something I actually heard on uh, that cost hasn't gone down. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, it's a point that I heard on talk radio sometime back um, where they had talked about, there's a lot of more stay at home moms now, which I think is great. And I think that that also puts some power into the hands of the working class too. If, you know, all of a sudden there's a cultural shift of a parent staying home, not necessarily moms, but a parent staying home, taking care of their kids and being, I mean, you're being engaged with your kids now and you're the one raising your kids. They're not going to a daycare. They're not getting you and everybody else sick in the house. Uh, They're not, you know, who knows what they're doing, you know? So I think that that's great for the future generation. I think that it's great for the parent that is staying with their kid, getting time to engage with their kid. I think it, that it's great for society and the working class as a whole. We say we want a parent to be able to stay home and wages have to match that now. Chris, in the, uh, in your, in your brief Cucumber growing stage. <laughs> halftime. Yeah. <laughs> At halftime. Halftime. Did you ever get bored enough to want to do anything in gig economy? Uber, Grubhub, any of that stuff? Because I um, I would have some Saturdays when I was a single guy that had, you know, with limited attachments. And I would go take my car, my truck to Indy and just go run Uber to meet people. <laughs> I, I mean, Mr. Extrovert. Yeah. Just for fun. Just to go, <laughs> just to do stuff to have, for entertainment. Uh, not not so much on the, the Uber Lyft side of things. Uh, I, actually, before I stepped aside from the whole thing, but I, I, I sell some things online. Uh, just And it really, it's just kind of been a hobby. But I did have time to amplify my sales. And uh, I, I have been doing some of that last few months. Um, not enough to pay my mortgage, but right. enough to pay a couple of my monthly bills. Um 
but but no I, I on the introverted side as well like i i be, being in a car and dealing with other people that but that's not terribly appealing to me <laughs> I, I love people i love people but uh no nothing along those lines yeah it's a it, it's a, i it, was entertained i did it one halloween night just to, oh it was, sure it was yeah pure, it was pure yeah. entertainment I just, I guess I have like the nightmare visions of like just vomit all over the backseat and just kind of the, how bad it could go, how wrong it could go. Yeah. I, sometimes you got to live like my, is that where you yeah. say you'll have that on these big jobs? <laughs> uh, just, but the gig know, economy is a yeah. whole nother piece of yeah, the, what, uh, how people have put, yeah. put the pieces together. The, yeah. uh, the network that were on the wall network, there was a whole, uh, podcast. It's not in production anymore, but it's called on the run. And that entire podcast was dedicated to making money on the side, making basically uh, taking advantage of the gig economy. And I listened to a few of Rimzo's episodes and it was, it was like, there is a mind numbing amount of ways to make money uh, out there right now. And I could see that if, you know, I could see that if you were going to be a very dedicated person and you were going to say, I've, for eight hours a day, I'm at home, and I'm going to apply myself. You I mean, would have to be very organized. I'm going to do voiceovers. I'm going to do graphic design. No, that's yeah, all that cop- stuff. Right, copy yeah. all of that. Copywriting is a big thing. Copy, yeah. And you could, if you could really dedicate yourself, then you could make a very comfortable with yep. just doing little. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've said this. I mean, in the era of this right here, if you're not a, if you're not making a living, it's out of lack of ambition. It's not. It's not lack of opportunities. Yep. Uh, well, I'll say the cell phones in our pocket are a big reason why this podcast is able to exist. And we, you know, we don't use Slack. We use just Messenger. But you know, the constant stream of consciousness, planning, and conversation. We've never had a sit down meeting with Zach Dakota and myself to say, Hey, how are we going to make this show work? Yeah. But it's an ongoing conversation of, Hey, I have this idea. Hey, I have this idea. Yep. And you know, if you want to use corporate terms, we might have a 20 second huddle here about here's what we have lined up as we finish one show and get into the, you know, to what next week is going to be. Uh, but it's, yeah, it, because of the technology we have at our hands, some of these, this is our golf game, right? This is, this podcast is let it be known that it is not making any of us rich. And I don't think it pays any more bills than what it generates, but it, you know, it only exists because of the gig economy or the the tools that you have for that. Well, and, and, you know, whether it's photography, I, I've, I read a number of really interesting online articles about, uh, now you got to find a niche and you got to have to have a specialty. You can't just take a picture of a beach like everybody else in the world's done, but like selling photos or, or but if you get a beach picture of Epstein's Island, (laughs) which I did not do, (laughs) but, um, but again, with all the different apps and, and things that come along with what this has opened up again, it's. It's a lack of ambition. If you're, if you say, oh, I can't make a living, like, and, and there are, I guess I should back up. There are circumstances. If you are completely healthy. Yes. And you health have, health yeah. and yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you exactly your faculties, what I was about your health, say. your right. boss, all yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, the, the world is your oyster these days with technology. Yep. All right. I think we're at that point in the show where we probably can start to wrap things up. Zach, what are you going to do with your week off, man? Oh, I don't know. Recover, <laughs> man. Recover. I'm still. For the weather forecast was shady. So anybody who's my Facebook friend, they saw a post up. I had 26,000 steps yesterday because I ran in the morning, short run, looked at the forecast, said, I don't really feel like getting hit by a stick at like five in the morning. I need to get a long run done because I've got a race this weekend. And so I just like at five, three yesterday, just ran and decided to go run another 10. <laughs> and uh, I'm too old for that. 
to do a two a day. My, my, my body was just not into it. Was today the day you didn't run your mile? No, I ran two this morning. I still ran this morning. I still is this streak the still street. going? Yeah, I'm at. I think I'm at four or three, four or four. Four hundred and three days in a row, he's yeah. run at least one mile, Chris. And uh, I've never. Uh, I, I I'll, I'll zip my lips. Like ru- yeah. running, I get the health, but like it, I'll the passion. What, in it, I don't get that. Yesterday was miserable because it started <laughs> to rain two miles into a ten mile run, and but I got, you didn't just quit and go home. No, and say two miles is fine. No, but what I did, you do said is I, I hate like, myself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this route, and is. And I just kept adding little bits to the route. So I didn't even have to do like, there's kind of two halves. I have two five mile loops. If I smash them together, they get eight. So I was going to do a little run to the park and back and then just do this eight mile loop. I ended up doing not have to do any of the second half of that loop because I'd added enough mileage, just adding little bits here and there. So I just could get it over with Saturday morning. You ran past my house. Yeah. And Garth was very excited. Yes, yes. I I, my dog. I, I was. I told Sarah. I said, "I'm just going to let him run with him for a while." If I wasn't, I'm just going to let Zach have Garth. I was heading back at that point. Um, <laughs> I don't, y'all tell you, a lot of people saw me. Even Nichols saw you I out the window by, here. Yeah, I ran by here. That was only like a mile in. Then that was another <laughs> ten. And so I went from here, brought you all the way. Yeah, by your house. Like I, I sent him the map because it's just hilarious. Newcastle's a small town. It's like two mile. It's like about four miles long and about yeah, a mile and a half wide or whatever. Um, and so I spanned about three miles long. My loop is about three miles long and then just out and back to so kind of add the other bit. And so I sent him the map and he was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause I was a mile in when I passed. I did not think ran by he's got a stream going. I just didn't know he was in there. He's just sitting in the dark, <laughs> like a weirdo on a Saturday morning, Brian. Um, yeah. I, yeah. He saw me. Um, I knew the dog saw me. Somebody else. I, ran, I saw somebody else. When I was out. Yeah. So I saw a bunch of people, but I woke up today feeling broken. So uh, sleeping sounds awesome. Same. The idea exactly of a week of sleeping sounds awesome, but I have kids. They'll just suck that time out of my soul. Like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> this is your Valentine's PSA from Zach. I didn't say anything about my wife sucking my life. No, out I'm my just soul. saying it, kids, it, yeah. you have a celebratory Valentine's day. And by Thanksgiving, you're, yeah, you're adding to the, I'm brood. still recovering from her birthday. Her birthday was last weekend. So yeah, she stacks them up on me. It's, it's just, I just keep the, <laughs> keep the floors busy. Just keep sending stuff over from Wyland's flowers. Yeah. Yeah. They, they love you very much. All right, Chris, what we have not done is we haven't pitched your, uh, or explained the new role. If you want to share anything on that and if, and final thoughts, anything else we forgot. Yeah. I, today I, was my first day uh, unofficially. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been, uh, I'm very excited and I've, I've been honored to have been selected as the executive director of the Rush County Community Foundation. That is my home county, uh, where I grew up and, uh, just down the road here. So, um, uh, Henry County is blessed with a great community foundation as every county has one set up. So it's, it's, um, there are a lot of similarities. It's a, it's a 501c3 nonprofit, uh, fundraising and development's a big part of it. Those are all similarities to what I had going on with the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I told them, I said, when the Hall of Fame hired me, they hired a basketball guy who had no museum experience. I said, if you hire me, you're hiring a Rush County person that I'm going to have to learn the community foundation world. But, um, so actually, uh, Rush County has a lot going for it. And I don't just say that because I'm, I'm a native of there, but, uh, the really exciting project right now is the, uh, first of all, economically, uh, the diamond pet food, uh, plant, uh, drove by there this yep. morning and this afternoon. A lot of earth has been moved. Uh, they poured concrete yesterday. Big concrete pour yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's a huge, exciting economic project down there. Uh, but, um, 
that the community foundation is especially involved in is what's being called the REC Center, Recreation Education Community. Uh, it's the old, empty Walmart building. Um, it will be filled and expanded uh, to include um, community services such as the food pantry. Uh, there's going to be a child care component. Uh, there will be a physical, you know, uh, it's going to be a, a nationally branded fitness organization that the um, village people sang about that I'm not allowed to say the name of. But uh, with the swimming pool, Rush County has never had an indoor swimming pool in the entire county's history. It'll be coming to life as part of this project. Um, so all of the construction costs have been raised. Uh, I guess part of my welcome to the job is we are now trying to raise money to endow operating expenses. Um so, yes, we give out scholarships. Yes, we do grants to local community nonprofits. But that's a pro- big project that has a lot of energy and excitement going for it and a big part of why I was interested in the position. But uh, that's a, a mouthful of things. But, yeah, the Rush, awesome. Rush County Community Foundation, I am very honored and very excited to begin going there. I will tell you that my family uh, also goes to the Village People National Gymnastic Organization uh, but they have to go to Shelbyville, so yeah, they will be very that's excited. That's coming to Rushville. They will be very excited. Uh, I don't know if the ink's it. dried yet, but that's yeah. all. Yeah, it's going to be part of it. To have one just a few miles from the house. All right. Dakota, anything to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. Um, ask for a raise. You're worth it. <laughs> no, you're worth Organize with your peers to form a union or join a union also. <laughs> Check local listings on that. That's not good for everybody. Not not opposed to it, but just be that's, careful. That's how you get the doors, door locks changed <laughs> in some places, depending on how that works. But I'm happy for you and your brotherhood, Dakota. Uh, <laughs> real quick in the racing news world, uh, Catherine Leg got. I knew Zach would be excited Heck about this. Yeah, Catherine Leg is, is Catherine coming Leg. back, and she's going to run the Indianapolis 500 for Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing. Uh, she had, I think, two years in Champ Car pre-merger, and then she had one really bad year uh, with the Lotus engine in IndyCar. Yeah. Uh, and I think she had one other start in the Indy 500 a couple of years after that. So it's been about a decade since she's run the IndyCar, but uh really talented race car driver, and you get some... Uh, uh, you get a female in the Indy 500 again, yeah. at least going to attempt. Yeah, she's a badass. So, yeah, I was... I, I, that was... I had... That came out of absolutely nowhere. No, I never heard anybody say. I heard somebody say, "Well, she's always trying. She's been trying for ten years yeah. to get back." And Simona's off trying to qualify for the Swedish bobsled team. So I was like, "Well, I'm not sure if she's coming back." Um, so yeah, that was completely out of left field, and I was like, "That's awesome." So yeah, some people, dear leader, didn't quite understand it. Half, but, half but, the people in the grandstands are ladies. It's good to give them somebody to yeah. cheer for that uh, that that gives them gets. It rep- helps to represent everybody, right? With that, we say thank you guys very much for being a part of the show. We are going to be dark next week because I'm going to try to find a sombrero south of the border. Uh, and uh, the following week... Appropriation. No. 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 I'm spending money in their country. <laughs> but uh, the following week, Brad Kloppenstein, who is also a Boss Hog alum, he's been here many years ago. He uh, he leads the, I believe it's the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce is his day job, former executive director for the Libertarian Party of Indiana. But he has relaunched a beer, and they're having their tapping ceremony this weekend. But Alfsbrau uh, is coming back, and Brad, it's been uh, Brad's passion project, and we're going to talk about that. So with that, we say thank you guys very much, and we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>